Imaginative Radio. is going on everybody we are back this is episode 253 of the dark windows podcast my name is kevin and i'm kevin and we got a special guest in the house and this is aaron this once is aaron. again and you can actually hear him because we figured out how to ah. make the microphone work good this time we uh, brought his midget ass up to the mic yeah and the mic to my midget ass yeah. we had to lower the thing <laughs> yeah you know? like in a spelling bee yep <laughs> Boop. Oh. so mister since you uh you you uh, you you fucked everybody over because they were like, oh, we're gonna get this. I didn't though. I, did I had too. alluded to something and then I changed my mind because uh, Starfield kind of came out and I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm not in the mood to talk about a guy hunting tigers right now. I want to talk about space. So I like because you didn't actually say that on the main page. You, you actually know, said it on Patreon. We don't often look so, up at the night skies and think we should do an episode about people that died in space. Especially if they became good communists and died in space. Oh, wow. Well. Because this week we're talking about Soviet space disasters. Ooh, uh, Operation Moondart. <laughs> no, I didn't do that one. But um, they, I was going to do one of ours, but it wasn't technically in outer space where they died. They died re-entering the atmosphere. The uh, ch- uh, Challenger. Challenger no, died going Not the up. Challenger. Um, Columbia. Columbia. They died re-entering. So it's technically not in space. Columbia 1. 2003. Was it coming back in? Mm-hmm. It was on re-entry. Okay, because I, yeah. know, I know Challenger blew up. Challenger never made it through the atmosphere. It didn't fucking make it anywhere, like, even it was, to that. It was a few miles up when yeah. it went, but... Oh, I, watched, um, I saw it live My, on my dad remembers watching it. He said he, was, he took the day off. He was in high school. He was like a senior in high school. I was saying um, he was graduating. I was in elementary Kevin school. Kevin had a fucking mortgage already. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, was... he, he took the day off from school because he wanted to watch it. Didn't realize that they were going to, you know, wheel TVs into Otter Valley and oh, yeah. let people watch it at school. Mm-hmm. Which, I was going to say, wow, that was probably traumatizing, but we also watched 9-11 happen at school. So. I watched I watched it happen yeah. in in uh, in elementary school. Yeah. So I was I in mean... seventh, I was in uh, seventh grade. When we wa- then they were like, "Hey, so something's happened," and they just start wheeling TVs down the hallway, and they were like watching the news as the second plane hit, and I was like, "Oh, fuck! What's going on here?" What grade were you in, Aaron? We're not going to talk about that because Aaron's a child. <laughs> I am a child. <laughs> He's a wee little man, baby. So See, you- I was born in '95. It happened in '03. No, eight- September 11th happened in '01. No, I thought we were talking about. No, 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 no. no. Uh, oh, yeah, no, that, I was literally, like, just a wee little baby. There may have also been the Taliban that took that down. We don't know yet, but. I was 20-something, 21. Yeah, 21. When uh, when Twin Towers Your got... fucking fourth year of college. <laughs> going to become a doctor or whatever you wanted no, to do. No, it was te- there long technically my <laughs> second sure year. I was in kindergarten. You were still trying, like, actively trying not to shit your pants in public. <laughs> That's true. Should I do that now? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, before we go crazy, I did find a quote from Carl Sagan that I wanted to share. Good old Carl Sagan. Because d- dude was a fucking brilliant. Oh, bri- 
Speak it. I'm sorry. Interrupt because you said Carl Sagan, mm-hmm. and then I saw a thing Carl Sagan and uh, uh, Hawking. Okay. He actually. Did you see where he was buried? No. He's interred at the. Um, uh, fuck. What's the the goddamn church in England? Um, where Sir Isaac Newton and uh, I don't know. Uh, Galileo. Ah, uh, what the fuck? The one that burnt. No, not the one that burnt. That was Notre Dame. That's in France. No, uh, God damn it. It's in England. I can't think of it. Ben will tell me. I know Ben will or somebody else, or Danny will. Probably. Because they're me. the only two English people we know. That's true. Or somebody else might tell me, but, yeah. you know, but no. Uh, I guess, yeah. I think Justin put it on the. They, they did also share, uh, they, uh, they named a, uh, um, a, a, a star system after him in, in, uh, Starfield. I've what? been there. Sagan. Yeah, like, that's fucking rad. Because he was a big old space nerd. He was. So. That's true. Looking again at that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you've ever heard of, every human being who ever was lived out their lives. The aggregate of our, the aggregate of our joy and suffering. Thousands of confident religious... Uh, uh, Thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines. Every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar and every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on a moat of dust suspended in the sunbeam. You couldn't describe fucking space any better than that. Just like, no, that's where we are. Look at the rest of it. We're insignificant. I still wonder if, uh, if that, uh, uh, satellite or whatever that was launched back in what? 70 something. I think I think it was seventies. Um, the one that had the fucking, uh, uh, record. Oh yeah. The gold plated record that, you know, Mm -hmm. that he did and sent, they sent off. That probably has not made it past Mars yet. I don't think it's made it even close to there. Because they just kind of like fucking pooped that thing out the back of a, a ship. They're just like, bloop, see ya. They're Figure like, it out. They tapped it on. Here you go, buddy. Have fun. Love ya. Bye. Open the hatch and just fucking <laughs> kick it out on a pair of like yep. skates or something. Like, Pew, see ya. We are. The aliens are jamming to that thing right now. Yeah, they're like, uh, we're not going there. We're not going to this planet because these people suck. Literally, we are the roll them up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're that we're that we're that bad neighborhood in New York that you drive by in. We're the Martin Luther King Boulevard of the of the galaxy. <laughs> Roll them up, kids. We're the only species of of hairless monkeys with nuclear weapons, as far as we know. As far as we know, but we're the only ones here. So true. I mean, as far as we know, they just right. re- they just realize that we're just going to blow ourselves up anyway. So but that's that's when. So that's when a lot of like the real like alien activity and shit like that really kicked off was after the testing of the nuclear weapons where they're like, oh, shit, they figured something out. We have to like we have to send somebody to keep an eye on these idiots before I mean, they hurt gonna, themselves. They're, they're going to hurt themselves. I mean, yeah. If 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 uh, what I like, you know, keep seeing different things um, in uh, like the one I watched that was on uh, uh, fuck. Uh, God damn it. Jesus Christ, my brain's fucking all like fuck you up tonight. The show I usually tonight? watch, uh, Ven- Ancient Aliens. V- no, Vision Elite. Oh, um, or not that. What's Sean Ryan show? That's what it is. 
um, had uh, a couple people on it that they said that, you know, there was different things that had happened and um, the um, some aliens had been taken out and, like, actually they somehow talked to the humans or whatever and they're like, yeah, we know what you're doing. Stop. Or else. <laughs> You know, because we're we're just trying to help you out, and you know we know what you're capable of, and we don't want that. Right. You know, we've been there, done that, basically. We've seen what you guys do with ballistics. The last thing you need is fusion weapons. Yeah. You know. Oh, we're working on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of had one. We fused Japanese people to the ground, so. Twice. Twice. <laughs> that's bad so now we gotta get, gotta get into some weird shit but before we really do that we gotta take a look at <sighs> okay so a lot of people get upset that the Russians beat us into space Like we may have beat them to the moon but they were in space first they fucking hey. at the expense of a lot of young men's lives because <laughs> yeah. the Russian space program was in chimps I think yeah they sent dogs and shit into yeah. space yeah I was going to talk about that, but I was like, nah, I'm kind of, that makes me sad, knowing that they yeah. just shot a dog into space on a fucking potato well, uh, with antennas on it and just I let know. it die there. They kind of figured that, I guess they were like, well, it's only a dog. I mean, so we'll, you know, it's it's better than a human life. No. Not, not these days in Russia. The Russians are bad with dogs, though, because they fucked up during World War II with the, the, the tank dogs that they mm-hmm. trained. Where they trained them to, you know, they, they'd strap explosives to dogs and train them to run under tanks. Except for the fact that they trained them in Russian, and they trained them with Russian tanks. So, they would see Russian tanks go, oh, hey, I know what I have to do, and they'd run over underneath and Oops. fucking blow up. It's like they tried to do the same thing. Which I mean, with, you could uh, blow up a Russian tank with a with a matchbox. <laughs> they're trying to do the same thing, something close to that with... Uh, M80 firecracker. Uh, Beluga whales Yes, they, they, like they did fucking uh, surveillance dolphins. Yeah, but, like, they're, like... We did, too, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, they're still doing it, though. Yeah. They have, like, pens and stuff like that. It's fucked up. They're trying to trying to do this. So, you're going... We're going, we're we're going back talk about, to, like, the beginning? We're going to talk about the first man in space. Okay. Uh, his name is Yuri Gagarin. Yep. He's born to a poor family in 1934 near the town of Gazikst, which I, there's so many goddamn consonants in that. Listen, One of them is a I, I Z. Will, I will say that sounds fucking great. Well, spoiler alert. After he dies, um, they renamed the town to Gagarin. So mm-hmm. you can find that one on a map without having to throw a bunch of Z's and H's and something and just hope you got them in the There's right order. G's in the right order. G-Z-H-A-T-S-K. Fuck you, Russian. Your Cyrillic bullshit is bullshit and nobody cares. True. I think I said that last night puking. <laughs> <laughs> so he yeah. graduated from trade school as a molder in 1951 meaning you know working in like inje- you know, injection molding plastics yeah. shit like that um he then moved into an industrial college in saratov well attending classes there he took flight lessons because he thought it looked cool fair enough yeah so from here he'd go on to orenburg and join the soviet air force cadet program and graduate from there in 1958 Three years later, April 12th, 1961, the Vostok 1 was launched at 9.07 a.m. Moscow time. Meaning, they did this on like intentionally, this time frame, because that was 
2 a.m. in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Everybody's asleep. asleep. And then you wake up to go, wait, they fucking, they what? Those sons of bitches. Son of a bitch. Fuck. He made it? God damn it. Yeah. <sighs> Motherfucker. Um, we can't erase this either. <laughs> so he broke through the atmosphere and did a full orbit of the Earth in an hour and 29 minutes. That's moving. That cocksucker's cruising to go around the entire planet in a, at like an hour and a half. Um, That's he, moving. He then re-entered the atmosphere successfully and landed. Mm-hmm. Survived the whole thing. Good on you. At the height of his flight, he was 187 miles off the surface of the Earth. So he was just... Just outside of the atmosphere, but outside. technically into space. Okay. Yeah. So basically the Blackbird, which is... Oh, no, higher on. than that. Well, the Blackbird can go to that point. Right, but this was outside of the atmosphere. I think the the, the Red Bull guy parachuted from the absolute maximum height that a Blackbird can go to. Because I think they actually had to bring him up in one of those because it's the only plane that can get that far. No. Or do they bring him up in some kind of a, a satellite or something? No, he fucking... Uh... I didn't jump. No, he, he, I think he, like, um, was it a balloon or something? ride, shit? and then, like, yeah, a balloon or something up. He just <laughs> went to fucking NASA with his thumb out, like, hey, like, I want to jump out. <laughs> no, they, they, they brought him up, I think they brought him up so high, and then he, they ascended him, he was allowed what to, fuck he, did he, they he could ascend. Him? He could ascend up from there with, like, a balloon or something. I, I don't know. Was. I, I watched Ele- it. Elevator. I watched it, and I was like, man, this is really cool. But if this guy fucking dies and it's all being live-streamed, it's going to be wild. I mean, he Because all he, it took for him was, would have been for him to move an arm just right, and he would have fucking yeah. spiraled, and that would have been it. Yeah. He would have been dead before he hit the ground. Oh, yeah. Probably. Oh, no, for sure, because you hit terminal velocity at, like, uh... Well, what they say terminal velocity for a human is like 140 something miles an hour, and you then you like literally can't go any faster than that. Yeah, and it, it would have he would have been dead from oxygen deprivation before he hit the ground. Well, I mean, he had oxygen on. It doesn't matter. No, you, your body can't absorb it fast enough at that speed. Yeah. You would have he would have suffocated essentially. Yeah, and then he would have been a puddle when he hit the ground. Yeah, especially <sighs> if he didn't hit the parachute. Oh, you wouldn't have because he would have been dead. Evaporated as soon as he hit her. Yeah. Just dust. Just a cloud of shit Melted. and fingernails flying like all over the place. Fucking implant, <laughs> implant on the ground. Yeah. Um, no, there's no sign coming up. Uh-oh. Yeah. So before being the first man to leave the goddamn planet, um, I mean, this, this brought him immediate fame around the world. It, like, no questions asked. Everybody knew who this guy was overnight. Mm-hmm. He would be given the Order of Lenin and named a hero and named Hero of the Soviet Union and Pilot Cosmonaut of the Soviet Union. Yep. So he gets all kinds of crazy shit. He got basically got a Russian Medal of Honor, parades and stuff like yeah. This well, dude was they, this think, dude was the king of the Russians for a couple. I minutes. think the Order of Lenin they fucking gave that out like willy nilly. And we used to give the the Medal of Honor out like it was True. candy corn. True. And then look at anybody that got it during this the the Civil War. You got a paper cut. Yeah. Medal of Honor. Yeah. True, but then they... You made uh, sure the horses were shooting? Here's another one, bud. There you go. Once the plane's invented, you can fly for free. But then then they... Was it World War One? I, I think? Was it one or two? We got two? stingy with them during World War One. Yeah, well, that's what they, they, they decided before that. They were like, yeah, we gotta... We gotta fix this program. Fix this. Because Dan Daly should have had three. And some pencil neck in Washington's like, we can't do that, even though no. we did this really cool shit. Uh, I know. Fucking I know. dork. 
You should have got it. But... What'd you do? Eat your eraser, son of a bitch. <laughs> um, okay. So he never went back into space after that, but he did die in what was called a routine training flight, testing out a new model of MIG on March 27, 1968. So another good communist. Hey. And they still use the MIGs. They do. <laughs> uh, actually, the, the MIG that he was testing, they went on to use that same model. It was like a... It was like the MiG-16 or something like that. Weird-looking planes. But, I mean, now they're like, you know, they're not like shit MiGs. They're Doesn't matter. They still suck. No, no, no. The MiG- MiGs are fine, but it's only as good as the pilot you put in it. Oh, true. True. Very true. Which is why, you know, like we're like, well, we just leave all these planes here for the Afghan army, see what they can do with them. Good uh, luck flying it. You don't know how to fly. They know how to fly. They don't know how to land. <laughs> exactly. Because they don't need to. Just aloha snack bar that motherfucker into a mountain or something and whatever. So we talked about him because there's a strange story that comes before that. Okay. Um, author Robert A. Heinlein was traveling through Lithuania, specifically the Vilnius area. He's Sounds familiar. You, uh, it should. You'll understand why in a minute. Um, he was writing for a aeronautics and space magazine at the time. Okay. So it was based in, in the U S but because the company that he worked for, like the magazine had no political affiliations with anything. He was allowed to travel Yeah, yeah. to just like not try to expose secrets, but it'd be like, Hey, so what makes you think that you can, you can get out here, yeah. you know? What, what, what advancements have you made in technology? And he was doing yep. it to both sides. Yep. Just to see who was, you know, going to win the space race, basically. So he comes across a group of Red Army air cadets. Conversation ensues, and he tells them who he's working for. And they're like, yeah, let, let's go get something to eat. They go out to a bar, have some food, a couple drinks. And one of the guys tells him, like, after the, cr- the group is kind of, like, dispersed a little bit, tells him, that the space program had sent, quote, an unmanned craft into orbit earlier that day. Okay. Okay. Um, so by unmanned, they meant that it was, they totally just shot a dude into orbit. This is before Gagarin. Heinlein thought it sounded a bit odd, but he goes back to his hotel and he's, well, settling in for the rest of the day. Turns on the TV, comes across the Soviet news channel. Because he happens to speak Russian, he can understand what's going on. Well, he doesn't speak Russian, but he can understand uh-huh. it for the most part. Um, see some flavor of Soviet commander saying that, yes, there had been a, a, a craft that was launched into orbit, but it was destroyed shortly after leaving the atmosphere due to rapid decompression. So just pfft, aluminum canned on itself. Actually, no. That kind of pressure would explode. Mm. Yeah. Like, low pre- like high pressure is... Low pressure implodes, high pressure explodes. Right. So this made him even more curious, but unfortunately he never found out anything more really about the matter. Um, And you said, thank you for leading me into this, because I'm like, probably wondering why the name sounded familiar. It's because he authored uh, a few different books, one called The Moon is a Harsh Mistress. um, One that Nate mentioned the last time he was on Stranger in a Strange Land. And Starship fucking Troopers. He wrote Starship Troopers. Okay. Yeah. Great movie. I've never read the book, but the movie is amazing. 
It's, it's so bad that it's just fun to watch. It's good. Oh, there's man. another. There's a sequel to it too. I don't care about the sequel. I, the original is kick ass. I never seen the sequel. So I haven't either. <laughs> I have no I intention to. I, I do, to. however, have a seven movie box set of Tremors that I haven't even opened yet on Blu-ray. Oh god, that's classic. You I know. Don't open that. I want to. It's. it's I got it for like six bucks at Walmart. It's not classic. I'm gonna watch them. They're so good. I want to be Burt Gummer <laughs> when I grow up. <laughs> Um, so we're going to kind of circle back to Gagarin for a second here because he mentioned this launch particular in his biography. He said that the rumor of a failed manned flight was most likely due to the Sputnik one craft that just that particular model being launched with a dummy pilot. Um, and he went into detail saying that the Russian air force named all of their dummy pilots, Ivan Ivanovich. It's just like it's like Pete Peterson, you know, um, and they sent a tape recorder up on a remote so that once it got into orbit, they could hit the tape recorder and test the communication equipment from the ship to um, back to back yeah. to Earth, basically. So he's saying that, yes, something was launched and it burned up, but it was just a crash test dummy. In a soup can, essentially. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, who are you going to believe? The author that wrote a bunch of cool sci-fi shit or a guy that actually went to space? This fucking nerd. Uh, <clears throat> the guy that wrote the sci-fi. You don't fuck with Buzz Aldrin, though, because he will knock your ass out. It's true. There was, uh, I remember who it was, some reporter, like, paparazzi guy, like, cornered him. Yeah, <laughs> He's yeah, walking down yeah. the street one yep. day, he's like, so... Why did you guys fake the moon landing? He goes, we didn't fake the moon landing. I landed on the, I actually landed on the moon. He goes, no, a lot of people say that it was fake. And he just fucking hauls off and decks the guy. He goes, was that fake? And walked away. <laughs> Dude's like 85 years old and just blasted this guy in the mouth. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like it buzz. Oh, it's great. There is a theory out there that they did land, but they had to, like the footage you see was redubbed footage. Like, they did it again. They're saying that they actually did the footage again from here um, because the footage you see what that actually took place on the moon wasn't what, you know, we would think. So here's here's the other, well, like there was something else there that we weren't supposed yeah. to see. Here's my question, though, is if he was the first man to set foot on the moon, who was down at the bottom of the ladder taking fucking pictures of him coming down? Well, let's see. You know? And I'm not the don't don't act like that's my theory because nope. I've heard that a million times before. He technically wasn't the first. Right. He was just the first important person on the moon. <laughs> first documented. They just sent a they sent a, a, a photographer at first and like, yeah, fucking we'll leave if him he, here when if we're he done. Dies, <laughs> if he dies and he hits Well no, surface. it was it was yeah, only, if he hits the surface and falls through, it's fine. Who cares? It was only uh don't get out. <laughs> three guys. Right, but if he was the first one to set foot on the moon, who was at the bo- who was already there doing the whole thing? He, he Marvin the Martian. Yeah, they just found some like space bug to hand the camera off. They're like, yeah, just hit this thing and hold it. Okay, cool. No, it was the other guy that was uh, that's on the plaque. It's uh. So he should be the first, the one that gets the credit for being the first man on the moon. I don't, I don't know. Maybe they they re- redid it like uh like the fucking uh. I know it wasn't Tom Hanks' character. It's kind of like um uh. It was an Apollo statue. Yes, I know. Good movie. God, God damn good movie. I know. Really good. I haven't uh, watched it in a minute either. I have no idea. The frozen no. hot dog? Yeah. Bing, bing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There's 
We need to take You've this. You've never seen Apollo 18? Uh, was it Apollo 13? 13. Apollo, Apollo 18 was a terrible fucking movie. I apologize. Yeah. No. 18 it actually did go to the moon again. Apollo it, 18 was a bad fucking movie. Yeah. Like, oh, I laid it on the moon. Oh, my God, there's a centipede and shit. And it gets into a suit and he brings it back. It's oh. it's awful. No, but, like, you know, they had the breather or whatever <clears throat> it is and something else. So, like, we got to take this and make this work with it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> square peg, round hole. It got so cold that, like, the food they had refroze. It's got a hot dog, and he's like, ting, ting, banging it on stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I was going to say that they, uh, I don't know. I Fuck, I lost track. Yeah, Never mind. Me too. So let's get back to it, then. Um, we're going to get into one that's got a little bit more controversy to it. Okay. Um, Vladimir Komarov was born March 16th, 1927, in Moscow. Good spot for him. His family, again, pretty poor. Dad's working a bunch of low-end jobs, just uh -huh. trying to keep, you know, trying to keep food on the table, which is hard because you're not making a bunch of money, and it's also the Soviet Union where they don't want you to eat. So it's it's a struggle. I mean, it's, it's a start. It's like what? Not very far into the, the it Bolshevik. Doesn't, it doesn't matter after though. the Bolshevik re yeah. revolution. Like it, it, it was. I think the shine is wearing off by now. They're like, oh man, we fucked up. This was a bad idea. <laughs> Uh, somebody ought to slap that Colonel Sanders facial hair off of that guy. I mean, send it back to goddamn Germany where he came they, from. They, they didn't take him very long in China to figure that out, too. What? <laughs> that communism's a bad idea and they still use it? That they were like, oh, yeah, everything's supposed to be shared. No, it's not. Yeah. Because didn't work out so hot human in uh, Cambodia nature, either. Human nature kicks in and goes, no. Every single one of these is a good idea until you put human nature in it. Mm hmm. Yeah. That's why it'll never work, and you exactly. know, nope. democracy, bitch. <laughs> nope. Even though we're technically a republic and not a we are. democracy, um, but people tend to forget that. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I, I don't know if, if you guys saw it or not, but we just had a going to get political for a second because it drove me fucking crazy. And I wanted to punch the man. <laughs> you never had a medal of honor ceremony. Okay. The president is on stage with this this older fella. <laughs> Did he talk about ice cream? Nope. He put the fucking medal on him and just walked off the stage. <laughs> Left fucking him there. What? Just like, boop. and it was just like he was like, oh, and just down the stairs and right out the right out of the fucking room. Here you go, son. I think like, I'm taking it. There's out. reporters like there's one woman. She's like filming it, and you can see her like her jaw just kind of drops. She's like, and she's like what like following him with the camera. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? And then they're like. It was the very beginning of the ceremony. They hadn't even gotten into, like, the whole, uh, like, reading of why he was receiving the medal. He was just like, bloop, see ya. I got ice cream in the car, you know. Reagan smug. Hey, he had it in his mind on how to get down the stairs, so he had to yeah. pin and go. But here's the thing. It's like, everybody wants to give, Donald, you know, give fucking Ronald Reagan shit for having Alzheimer's when we have a guy that probably also does now. But I think he's, he's got one worse. He's doing but, great. But Reagan didn't have it until after. That doesn't. That makes it worse. Fucking old because he's not actively running the fucking country with dementia, which is horrible. Joe, come this way. Have you ever heard his handlers? We're gonna go down here. No, take a left. Take a uh, left. No, we lost him. Okay. Uh, keep going. Go get keep him. going. See that X right there on the ground? You're gonna have you stand there. But you're gonna okay. Stop. But you're gonna have to turn. You see the cameras? You gotta face the cameras. Turn and face them. All right, good job. And then the fucking teleprompter comes out and, like, 
And he can't read. We're a country run by the elderly, and it's sad. We are. Scary. We have a senator that's no longer capable of being in charge of her own affairs. Her daughter had to take over, but she can still make your fucking laws for you. Anyway. Just say yay. Anyway, we can get into another tangent. <clears throat> okay. You got into the tangent the other day I did. with the 9-11. So oh, it was great, though, wasn't it? I was pissing myself. <laughs> No, um, no, we're not going to get into this. No, no, we're getting into this. <laughs> so little Vladimir's education started when he was just a kid, obviously, going to elementary school. Um, well, there he found out pretty quickly that he was naturally gifted in any kind of mathematics. Uh, he's a mathlete. Uh-huh. Good times are about to end, though, because he has to leave school in 1941 because, you know, World War One, you know, World War Two and stuff. You know, Stupid ass Nazis. Shit's about to happen. During his time out of school, he worked on a collective farm. And while he's there, collective farm is a nice way yeah. of saying, you know, Soviet slavery. Um, you grow potato, you send potato here, you get nothing. Fuck you. Yep. Um, so he starts collecting magazines and photographs, anything he can with planes. Super into planes. Um, he has some type of autism where usually he goes to trains. His went to planes, though. Mm. I get it. I mean, I'm a helicopter nerd, so... I understand. Like, I can see one and go, oh, what's that one? Oh, that's a bell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have the fire alarm autism. Oh, hey, look. Dude, we, when my son busted his mouth open and we had to go to the emergency room, like, we're, stu we're pulling into the emergency room and there's two helicopters out on the thing. And they're walking in and I'm like, oh. Helicopters. Oh, those are cool. And then the whole time we're in there, I'm looking out the window like, oh, they're going to take off soon. Oh, they're spinning up. Oh, shit, shit. I'm like looking out the window. I'm like, oh, oh they're going. And people are looking at me like I am fucking crazy because I'm just super excited about watching helicopters take off. I mean, Aaron, I, I know there's something with Aaron with fire trucks or something. It has to be. Hey, fire trucks. I like fire truck. <laughs> I ride on bigger fire trucks. <laughs> That's not that fire truck. Not that fire truck. There. That's the big one. <laughs> <laughs> that's a ladder truck, and that's a water truck, and that's an equipment truck. <laughs> and uh, that one. And these are my boots, and, and this these is are my, my hat. Boots, and this is my helmet. <laughs> oh, it's a helmet. I'm sorry. It's and a this hat. is my gear. He's just jealous. He Look at my gloves, on. and I have a tank, too. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> I can breathe where you can't. <laughs> Y'all just jealous. I like the smell of fire and watching things burn. That's the only time it's okay to say that is if you're a firefighter, because if, if not. If you smell the fire when you're in the building, you're fucked. Right. Well, like I said, that's the only time it's okay to say yes. that. Because if not, you probably should be in a, a room somewhere. Good <laughs> sock vacation. <laughs> so anyway, he also starts making model airplanes out of wood, Whee! paper, anything he can get his hands on. Oh, no, we're not talking paper airplanes. We're talking like he's you making paper. Yeah, but he's like he's making model airplanes out of paper and cardboard and shit like that. He was still going. He was still going. Wee! No, but you're you're making it like he's throwing a paper. No, no, no. He's building like fucking little like single prop planes out of wood and paper and shit. If you didn't, if you don't fucking for a second think that he he's dorking it up hard. You yeah. put that much time into building something, you don't just throw it, you asshole. Okay, first time he was like, oh, well, well, let's see somebody's what it clearly does. never done model cars or painted I miniatures. I have to. I have to. Motherfucker, I'm gonna I... I'm gonna put 13 hours into painting this one little dude and just fucking throw it. They're like, yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> a model truck. My ex-wife moved it. Broke every bit of it. What a bitch. Ex-wife. What a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Ex-wife. 
bitch. That's why. <laughs> Had nothing to do with anything else. She broke, no, my, model she truck. broke my model truck. Asshole. Asshole. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I mean, whatever. Does it mean? <laughs> so, the, yes, I have done a model fucking car. Have you ever painted one? Yes. They suck. One car. Because I fucking hate painting. He just took the whole thing and it's already glued together and just threw it in a big tub of paint. No, I put it all together myself, and then I painted it. Actually, I did too because I did paint it as... every single individual piece the color it needs to be. You have to paint the interior before you put it all together. You yes. fucking monster! I did. Yeah, one color, black. Yeah, because that was no, no. Listen, wait a minute. That's because that was what the color of the interior was. The whole thing, like the no. shifter and all that, and the wheel. It was all black. The floor, the seats, yes. the ceiling. No, yes. that's not how cars work. Well, listen. You don't... Whatever. It's called attention to detail, <laughs> sir. I don't get have right it. in there. I mean, I had that big rig. I had, like, the whole Caterpillar yellow. Dude, I, I have taken Matchbox cars apart before and painted them and put them back together you did, you, because you, I got bored. You fucked up, though. Why? You're just fucked up. I am? Yes. I know. That's OCD. No, I got bored, dude. Like... I wanted to paint many Buy cars. Buy a model truck again. Why do that when I can spend literally a dollar on a car to drill holes in to take it apart to paint the interior? Fair. I even taped off the windshield to paint the outside. Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. Oh, my goodness. We're fucking losers. <laughs> well, I mean, so much not so much me because, I mean, I didn't really do that shit. Listen, who here is actually married to a woman and stuff? This guy. Was. Yeah. <laughs> Proof that I'm married to a woman? I got a baby and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Was that's... married to a woman. Still technically am. Mm, you no, got to fix that. Anyway, um, at the age of 15, he entered the first Moscow Special Air Force School. And a few weeks after joining the school. I know, not that kind he's... of special. <laughs> I like planes! <laughs> uh, he, start, he, he runs into a tough time. Like. Within a couple weeks of joining this school, um, finds out that his old man's been killed in combat, um, and then the school's being closed because it has to be moved. Uh huh. Um, because we're starting to get a little close to the uh, the the Western Front with Germany, and that's not cool. So we got to move this because we're going to need this eventually. Uh huh. Um, so he would spend the remainder of the war at the new base, you know, where the school's located in fucking Siberia. Oh. So you go from, you know, the tropical climates of Western Russia to goddamn basically the moon in Siberia. Yeah. So you got a good education there, though. Not only did you learn how to fly, maintain all that stuff with aircraft, because you had to, you weren't just going to fly. You had to know how everything worked. You had to know how to maintain everything. You had to know how to fix shit. Especially if you're in the air and something breaks. You have to be able to tinker fuck with it to get yeah, it back yeah. together proof of that watch russian school children field strip and then reassemble ak-47s like lightning fast it's impressive they're good i'll you give never them know when them you have to start a revolution i mean come on but they're also doing that in like middle school I, we used to do that here back when our country True. wasn't a bunch of fucking pussies <sighs> okay i don't remember doing us doing it up here no but i'm talking like also back like Back in the 50s and 60s, were like, no, you're part of gym class. You're going to go shoot 22s and stuff. I don't think my dad ever did. We did dad. archery, though. We did archery. My but... teacher actually made me instruct the archery course when we did it. 
because I was a better shooter than him. We had too many kids like that that were that you know had bows. So you know, all, like everybody was like, "Bring your bow!" Yeah, all these guys. Were, hey, look at my bow. Oh look yeah, because you bow. can either bring your super nice bow or you can shoot that like plastic heap of shit that they give you. Now they're like, you can't bring your bow in. No, now they're like, we're not even going to do archery. We're gonna, we're going to do pottery during gym class. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I haven't. It's been a long time. I don't know. I'm going to homeschool my kids though. So. Uh, this place, this fucking education system sucks balls. Uh, anyway, he would graduate with honors uh, towards the very top of his class in 1945. We're talking like top three in mm-hmm. his class. Um, Wasn't there something that happened uh, in Siberia that we covered? Like, yeah, like a long time before that. Was it a long time? Yeah, before it was. That? Yeah, it was in like 1880ish. Yeah, Tunguska. Yeah, it was a ways before this. Obviously, the war ends before he could get into some rickety-ass Soviet prop plane and die in a field somewhere after it, <laughs> it ran out of fuel and crashed. From 1946 to 1949, uh, spent his life going from high-end like high end flight school to high-end flight school all over the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. He's going to Poland. He's going to other parts of Russia. He's going to Belarus. Anywhere they have a, a different flight school, he's going there. He was one of those guys that's like, I got it all about it, got to be in it. Right. He's he wants to be a fighter pilot. Yep. Like more than anything else in the world, he wants to be a fighter pilot. Uh, unfortunately, he never would be able to. So he graduated completely from all of these different flight school programs in 1949. Not only did he get his wings, but he also left with the rank of lieutenant. You know, makes sense because in our military, you have to. I believe you have to be at least a lieutenant to be piloting an aircraft. Yeah. If not higher, I'm not sure. But I know, like, lieutenant is, like, bare-ass minimum to be a pilot. Yeah. The next few years, kind of a whirlwind. uh, whirlwind. He's promoted to senior lieutenant in 1952, uh, assigned as the chief pilot of the 486th Fighter Aviation Regiment, starts attending engineering courses. In 1959, he's promoted again, this time to senior engineering lieutenant. Um, And later that year, be selected for uh, the test pilot position within Air Force Group 1. He and the others reported to the newly formed TSPK, um, which is now called the Yuri Gagarin Cosmonaut Training Center. Surprise, he was a classmate, um, which is just outside of Moscow, for assignment on March 13th, 1960. Even though he's he's essentially overqualified at this point for the position, yeah, he was not chosen in the top six candidates. That's because he didn't meet the age, height, or weight restrictions specified by the, the chief designer of Russia's space program, uh, Sergei Korolev. Um, quote, if the criteria had been different, the cosmonaut trainer, Mark, I'm sorry, if the criteria had been different, certainly Komarov was very intelligent and would have been in the group had the, uh, had, Jesus Christ, he had Air Force Academy flight experience. He was a great influence of the, on the design of the Vostok and the Voshad. At the age of 32, Komarov was the second oldest of the pilots chosen. Uh, Korolev had uh, specified a maximum age of 27, and only two members fell into that group, one being Pavel Belyavev, who was in the Voshad II, and Komarov himself, who also graduated from... This, they, they, these two guys graduated from the academy with each other. Um, yep. But of everybody there... Only Kamarov had experience as a flight test engineer of new aircraft. 
And they're like, eh, you're a little too old, you're a little too short, you're a little too fat, whatever. Even though he was none of those things. It was probably um, mostly just because he was valuable as an engineer. More valuable. And as a test pilot giving feedback on yeah. what needs to be changed. Yeah. But. Don't need you to die, you know, going up. Or do they? Spoiler alert. Or do they? Well, I'm saying. Because, I mean, we wouldn't be talking about dead Soviets in space if we didn't have a couple, would we? Well, maybe he stuck on. Well, we're going to jump ahead a little ways. They have have fucking reverse, you know, oxygen or something. No, they just have less oxygen than us. Oh, that's right. The gravity (laughs) is different as well. It's true. Um, So, July of 1966, (laughs) he is assigned to the Soyuz program, along with Alexei Leninov. I'm sorry, Leonov. um, And the man we've mentioned before, Yuri Gagarin. Komarov is selected to command the Soyuz 1 in 1967 with with Gagarin as backup cosmonaut. So if for any reason Komarov has to pull out, Gagarin takes his place. So they're training together. They're they're getting, you know, staying prepared together. Basically an understudy. I get a fucking cold the night before the play. You got to go do it. Yep. Kind of like in Apollo 13 where... One guy tested fucking positive for AIDS positive or for something like, you know, said he, he was going to be sick and COVID. he turned out and never got sick. Oh, and they're like, well, Kevin Bacon, Jesus, he scared Christ. the shit out of me. <laughs> Hi. So during preparation for the space flight, both cosmonauts were working 12 to 14 hour days. Oh, the rookie numbers. They're working on. <laughs> well, they're also not not running a truck. They're working on orbital insertion, sol, uh, oh. solar panels. <laughs> Um. Uh, actually, a couple of the solar panels had oh, failed to fully deploy, uh, therefore preventing the craft from being fully powered. In a, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> Jesus Christ! You're distracting. <laughs> He's working on his orbital insertion. Orbital insertion. <laughs> That's when you put your eye in something. <laughs> Think about that. Mm. Well, actually, I mean, technically, orbital insertion can be if you got jammed in the eye with a dick too, because <laughs> it's being inserted into your orbital cavity. Yeah. So, Ow. only one way to find out. I right, had my head out, <laughs> <laughs> and I made direct eye contact when I said that, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, Aaron got uncomfy. Okay, so the solar panels of the Suez module failed to fully deploy, therefore preventing the craft from being fully powered and uh, and obscuring some of the navigation equipment. Hmm. Kemerov reported, quote, conditions are poor, the cabin parameters are normal, but the left solar panel didn't deploy. The electric bus is only 13 to 14 amperes. The HF, high-frequency communication, is not working. I cannot orient the spacecraft to the sun. I tried tried orienting the spacecraft manually using the DO-1 orientation engines, but the pressure remains on the DO-1 has gone down to 180. Oh, Kamarov tried unsuccessfully for quite some time to orient the Suez module for five hours. Five wow. hours. He's trying to figure out how to get this fucker working. Holy He's shit. in space at this point in time, too. By yeah. him goddamn self. Wow. By himself. Some, like real, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Major Tom bullshit yeah. going on here. Um, uh, the craft was transmitting unreliable status information and lost communication on orb uh, on orbits 13 through 15 due to the failure of the high frequency uh, transmitter that should have maintained radio contact while the craft was out of range of the ultra high frequency UHF. 
could have just said that. Most people are going to understand what UHF is. Mm-hmm. Unless they're children. Ultra high frequency communication. Firefighter, UHF, VHF, all that shit. We have it. VHS. (laughs) DVDs. Yes. Um, Blu ray? No, not yet. UHC. (laughs) As a result of the problems of the craft, the Soviets did not launch the second Suez module from which the cosmonauts were, uh, were to perform an extravehicular activity. So they were supposed to launch a second one and try to essentially uh, lock them together Uh so that you could almost like they're trying to build a space station, which they eventually would. But these were to lock together so that you could communicate with each other and go back and forth and help each other work on stuff. Um, Do we even get people up there anymore? Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah, there was just... uh, uh, Within the last, like, three or four weeks, there were some people that just came back from there. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they, they rotate it out. Um, I'm really, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for, for NASA to finally run out of money and have to go crawling to Elon Musk and be like, can we use SpaceX to send people to the solar system? I think system? they do anyway. Yeah. No, it's only only NASA or whatever fucking space organization from other countries that does it. Hmm. Because they will not rely on a privately owned company. Even if it's better than them and better funded than them, well, because they're supposed to have, because uh, the the actual, because I don't know how they're launching them then, because they're not, they're, they don't, uh, they don't use the uh, the actual shuttle anymore because it's, they said they're, they were told they had to come up with something totally different. It's a different kind of module, but they're also not launching out of Florida anymore either. I think they're only launching out of like, uh, Texas. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Alabama. No, it's Cape Canaveral. Not to Florida. Florida. Houston. Florida. There's Houston. And then uh, Mobile. They they have a thing there, too, because that's Rocket yeah. City. I don't know if that's just the engineering or whatever. but um, They just strap you to the side of a rocket and say, good luck, yeah, everybody. Fucking zip tie your ass to it. Here you go, bud. <laughs> have um, fun. So as a result of the problems with uh, with the craft. the so Okay, I already said that part. Whoops. Um, so they were, again, supposed to connect... Uh, and they cut the mission short. Kamarov was ordered to reorient the craft using the ion flow sensors on orbit 15 to 17. The ion sensors failed. Kamarov did not have enough time to attempt a manual re-entry until orbit 19. Manual orientation relied on using uh, the equipment Visor periscope device. Um, but to this, uh, Kamarov had... He, he didn't have the ability to... Well, he had the ability to see the sun with this periscope. To reach the designated landing site at Orisk, uh, the retro fire had to take place on the night side of the Earth. Kamarov oriented the spacecraft manually on the day side and then used the gyro platform as a reference so that he could orient the craft for a night side retro fire. So basically, when you're coming back into the atmosphere, you're coming in so fast you have to activate engines on the front of the craft to slow you down so that you don't burn up. Um, the fucking math that goes into re-entering the atmosphere is crazy too. Mm-hmm. Cause you have to come in at like a certain angle. If you come in too like too you'll steep, if you come in too steep, you'll burn up. If you come in too Narrow, like, skip off. yeah, you'll yeah. fucking bounce off, just shoot off like towards a different planet or something. And then you're fucked. Like yeah. then you, you, you starve no to motors. death in space. Yeah. Fuck. All that. I'd be like, listen, you guys are going to give me, at this point, uh, being a Russian, you're going to give me a Makarov, just in case. Because if I run into aliens, I want a, you know, a, a pretty solid 9mm. And if I bounce off the atmosphere, I'm going to eat it. So, 
Um, so you get a suck starter mock around. Goddamn right. <laughs> and it's actually pretty easy because they got those really cool holsters where you push down and it yeah. racks it and you just slide right through. Oh, they're out. fucking sexy. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's an XD. Hey, that shit out of my home. Fuck you. Ugh. Fucking poor. I got it for free. <laughs> and it also takes two grown men to rack that piece of shit, too. Fuck you, it does. XDs suck. I'm, I'm good. I'm not gonna. Ah. As someone who's shot XDs, I'm like, this thing is hot dog shit. XDS. Okay. <laughs> they threw an extra letter on it. XD shit. <laughs> um. So he successfully re-entered the Earth's atmosphere on his 19th orbit. Would you rather me have a high point? Yes, no. actually. Um, but the modules uh, the modules uh, didn't work, basically, and the main braking parachute failed to deploy correctly. The module cr- uh, crashed into the ground, killing Komarov at 6.24 a.m. So... Before... This is... I've only got, like, one more after this, mm-hmm. but... I want to play something and then go into break on it because I have audio of his last transmission from the craft to earth. Okay. And it's in Russian, but you can tell that he is not fucking happy about his situation. No, he's like pissed that they basically gave up on him. They're like, well, you're on your own fucker. Um, I'm also going to post a picture of his body that they, had a they did a ceremony for um spoiler alert you can't tell it's a human so (laughs) um so i'm going to play that that real quick we'll take our break we'll come back and uh finish this off As you just heard, not a real happy camper no. about the whole situation. Um, that 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 was not a good death. So here's the thing: they don't really know exactly if he died from the heat on re-entry, or if he died in the fire that ensued after the craft hit the ground. It had to do with impact and heat, definitely. Um, yeah, one one of the two for sure. Uh, what we do know is that they did a service for him when after he passed. And um, <sighs> what's left of him would have fit on one of these tables. Oh, God. Just a big, burned-up lump of shit. Uh-huh. Uh, not a pleasant way to die, for sure. Um, 
So in his diary, Nikolai uh, Kamenin uh, recorded that the Suez 1 capsule crashed into the ground at 30 to 40 meters per second. Um, for, you know, if you wanted to do the math the correct way, because the rest of the world is wrong, that's 98 to 131 feet per second. That's like where you start measuring, um, like, arrow speeds when you shoot them out of a bow uh-huh. is in feet per second. And um, yeah. that's not bad. Well, I mean, that's not good, I should say. The remains of Komarov's body were in a a regular lump, 30 centimeters, or 12 inches in diameter, and 80 centimeters, 30 inches long. Kind of looked like a brisket. Wow. Um, Wow. I'll I'll just show show you guys real quick. So, just to share with the rest of the class, this is a colorized picture of his remains. Oh. Not great. Not great. A little bit of pressure issue. Yeah. Um, and fire. A lot of fire. A lot of fire. Um, but uh, if you've made it this far, you've probably already noticed that that's the picture that I've attached for the... One of the pictures that I've attached for the show itself, too. Oh, damn. Um, three hours after the capsule's crash, um, they, they kind of finally got the fire out. And um, Kamarov's remains were brought to the Orisk Aerodome. Uh, where they were loaded into a, an II-18. Not sure exactly what the hell that is. It's a thing. Uh, ten minutes before departure, an AN-12 landed with Kuznetsov, who was one of the Soviet commanders at the time, mm-hmm. uh, and several other cosmonauts. Cameron, uh, Cameron, uh, 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 fucking goddamn Russian names. <laughs> Not when the sounds Finnish. It's not like a hockey player. Kamenin. His, his craft arrived in Moscow in the early hours of the next morning. The aircraft had to divert, um, since there was other airfields around, that they couldn't just land directly into Moscow yeah, yeah, for whatever yeah. reason. Um, on April 25th, a response to Kamarov's death by his fellow cosmonauts was published in, Pro- in Pravda, which is the magazine that uh, Heinlein was writing for, okay. was Pravda. Uh, quote, for the forerunners, it is always more difficult. They tread the unknown path, and these paths are not straight. They have sharp turns, surprises, and dangers. But anyone who takes the paths into orbit never wants to leave it. And no matter what difficulties or obstacles they, uh, there are, they are never strong enough to deflect such a man uh, from his chosen path. While his heart beats in his chest, a cosmonaut will always continue to challenge the universe. Vladimir Komarov was one of the first on this treacherous path. He did some, some shit like... Most other people can't lay claim that they've ever done. You know, he left Earth. You can count probably. Uh, I could. I'd say there's probably realistically less than 500 human beings have ever left the planet. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't think that's an exaggeration. No. You know, that's no. that's counting like any of the the Russians, the Chinese, any of that shit. I don't even know if the Chinese have a space. Oh yeah, program. the Chinese have a space program. Yeah, they've got satellites and shit, dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, satellites is a little bit different. Oh no, than... they've got a space program too, though. Huh? There, there's. Uh, there's specializes in different shit than ours. Where we're kind of more like we should go check stuff out. They're more like we should just get up there and check shit out down there. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Um. Fuck. Where was I here? I don't know. Oh. Uh, when interviewed on the se- on May 17th by a newspaper, um, Yuri Gagarin alluded to the failure of the administration to listen to the concerns about the Suez model that the cosmonaut 
groups had brought to them. Uh, they maintained that Kamarov's death should teach the establishment to be more rigorous in its testing and evaluation. Uh, quote, all the mechanisms of the spaceship, even more attentive to all stages of checking and testing, even more vigilant in our encounter with the unknown. He has shown us how dangerous the pathway to space is. His flight and his death will teach us courage. Uh, May 1967, Gagarin and Leonov uh, criticized the program headed by Vasily Missions as poor knowledge of the Suez spacecraft and detail of its operation, as lack of, uh, <clears throat> as lack of cooperation in working with the cosmonauts in flight, uh, in flight and training activities. So he wasn't real, real nice about it. About half an hour before the Soviet Union's Soyuz space, uh, spacecraft was scheduled to touch down on June 30th, 1971, uh, in the plains, of, uh, the plains of Kazakhstan. This is a different one, completely. A flight control center in Yaprevta, which is in western Crimea, was met with unexpected silence. Three Soviet cosmonauts, Grigory Dobrovsky, Vladislav Volkov, and Viktor Pasteyev, I, I probably butchered those. That's fine. Um, they're making Sounded their good to me. <laughs> they're making their descent to Earth after a record-breaking time spent aboard this, the Salyut One space station. Um, this was before ISS. we, yeah. This is before we had kind of like maybe we cannot be assholes to each other in space because like we had Russians and Americans together on the space station while the Soviet Union was still a thing because. It's kind of like the uh, the Antarctic bases, where they're like, yeah, we're not exactly friends, but we can share what we're learning because it's not gonna. This shit is not good to live in. This is this is more important than any political stuff because well, we're exploring things that have never been explored. Well, Antarctica is a neutral ground, right? But that's what I'm saying is they they would share information back and forth with each other because there was no political gain out of it out of any yeah. of it. It was more. Politics can us. suck it. This is science. It's going to yeah. help us all. Yeah. In the long As a, yeah, exactly. It's, in the long run, this helps the entirety. You know, I'm not sure how space travel affects that yet, but um, okay. Um, so they, they, they were performing experiments and exploring the unknown areas of, you know, like the limitations of human existence, essentially. The mission uh, Soyuz 11 launched June 6, 1971, and by the time Apollo 11, uh, by the time Apollo 11 landed two years prior on the moon, uh, the longest time humans had spent in space is only about two weeks. The Soviet crew had spent 23 days in space, setting a new record for human spaceflight endurance. They were finally headed home. As the ship made its way, made its reentry, one crew communicator uh, back in Yaprivda expressed concerns about the lack of reports from the cosmonauts. So that's kind of something where, like, an area where. You want them to communicate with you. Silence is not good. Kind of yeah. like the same with being on a ship. Yeah, yeah. Um, we asked Dobre uh, Dobrevsky the whole time to give us a running commentary as soon as the descent module entered our coverage zone, but he hasn't said a word. And that was uh, Alexei Yelenev, who was the uh, crew commander, crew communicator, sorry. Um, <laughs> according to the most Russian man that's ever existed, Boris Cherkov, a space engineer who recounted the mission in his four volume memoir, rockets and people. He says, quote, it's strange that Volkov is quiet during the last session. He was very talkative. Now <laughs> the module carrying these men landed at around 2 AM, about 56 miles Southwest of the town of 
Kazarol, which I they might still have cons there. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> so the rescue team was immediately dispatched to the site. Yep. We got to get our boys back. We got to get all this information. Well, of you course. know. Yeah. Uh, Cherkov recalled there was a, another 20 minutes of silence when the team received no uh, before the team received no more reports. Finally, one lead Soviet engineer with a uh, with a disturbed expression on his face on his face would break the news he received to Moscow. Quote, they're seated in tranquil poses. Um, they opened the, the hatch and they were all dead. They never released a cause of death, but they were just kind of sitting there. Um, I would assume something went wrong in the life support systems and they probably suffocated. Probably. But they just fucking there. gone very peacefully. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of asphyxiation. State, yeah. Yeah. Suffocated. Yeah. And it, la- and it landed softly, like, like fine enough that it wouldn't have, there was no bruising or nobody was fucking, like, smashed up or anything. It just landed the way it was well, supposed to. If they were already freaking dead, they ain't going to get bruising. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. It's, like, it's not like they got, you know, beat around when they landed. Yeah. So um, that's just a handful of Soviet space disasters. So cool. I mean, I, I, I thought, like, you know what? We haven't talked about dead communists in a minute. Let's try it. Uh, <laughs> yes. But, I mean... These ones, I'm like, it does kind of suck because they weren't doing communist shit. They were just trying to go to space. True. You know? And, uh... What the hell, right? But, anyway. Yeah. You know what I need to mention the whole time? Patreon.com forward slash Dark Windows Podcast. $5 a month gets you access to all 85 at the end of this week episodes that we have up. Yes. And then whatever comes in the future. So... Of course. Head on over and... Don't buy a cup of coffee that one day, and it gets you shit for a whole month. And then you could head over after that to Patreon.com. <laughs> no, <laughs> to studio.com. Fine. Go check them out. Talk they, about our sponsors, yeah. dickhead. They got headphones, earbuds, all Bluetooth, and they have a speaker that's Bluetooth. Yes. Aaron, that's the speaker over there. That one over there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to buy that. Uh, it's like 120 bucks. That ain't bad. It's got like a 13 or 14 hour battery life. Is that with the dark windows code? No, that's no, pre-code. That's pre-code. Oh, that's pre-code. Pre-code. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, just put that code in, which is dark windows 15 to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's at checkout. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Facebook and Instagram. Or Instagram, it's going to be Dark Windows Pod. Twitter, the same thing, but we don't do that much. Twitter doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. We don't, do, we don't bother. X. We're not even on there because <laughs> I, I don't remember how to sign into it, so who cares? Okay. Um, Dark Windows Podcast on Facebook. That's the group page yes. where you get all into all kinds of weird shit. And then if you go to Dark Windows. Just Dark Windows. Yes. you. That's our... Um, that's our business page. That's our business. You can like business. go over there and you can like leave a review. Yep. And if you leave us a nice review and you put somebody's name in it or something's name in it you want covered, we'll do our pretty our pretty goodest to make sure we do it. Our goodest. Yeah. Yes. And let's see. Uh, no, no, no. That's about it. So uh, Aaron is short. He that's is. all he has to short. plug. Um, but yeah, just because you can't see under the dark doesn't mean the dark can't see in you. Ta ta. Soviet theme song. Probably not. <laughs>